Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. We haven't done an episode in a while. Actually. Yeah, I was just, when was the last time we did this? Oh my God, it must be like a month ago. How bad are we? Your holidays, was that? My holidays, your life. My life of babies. <laughs> but you did go in a nice like honeymoon situation. So that's that's true. That's true. And I guess we've had an extraordinarily hot summer. So I don't think we could really do anything that required mental or physical energy, really. No, would have popped out. <laughs> it would have yeah. been a very but anyway, let's talk about um it's a film this time, which is good. Yeah. We like to talk about films because it's a little bit easier. Um it's Black Widow. Yeah. How did you feel about this, considering you already know it doesn't end happily for her? <laughs> well, the, this again, yeah, this film ends happily, but then you know what the future holds for her, don't you? Um, yeah. Oh my goodness, this had so many things going for it, and I wanted to like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like it. No, yeah, I was the same when I saw it the first time. Like, mm, I really wanted this to be good because I wanted, like, you know, solo female superhero getting her finally getting her dues because she's always been the sexy sidekick and it's like oh oh dear that's it I was like I love Natasha as a character um so I was like I can watch two hours two and a half hours of her very easily and and it's like this is one of those films where it's like they went into my mind and were like right which actresses does Paul really like at the moment so I went I was like Florence Pugh yes please Rachel Weisz yes please um, and even like David Harbour being in it is pretty is like I'm like yeah he's cool at the moment saw him on stage recently in fact um, so yeah um, and he's a very good actor uh, so it had all these things going for it I'm like it's not like a big Avengers film it's just one of the like little two hour ones that they have in between so I thought this is a nice little break mm-hmm. um, you know and you know you, we love a bit of feminism in our Marvel Cinematic Universe at least a snitch at least a little smidge of feminism. Little, yeah, and it has that. I just felt like it was all a bit pointless. This I one, them, they almost should have released it before Endgame, maybe, and it should have had some sort of something that would affect Endgame. Because I feel like because she's already dead. Sorry, everyone, if you didn't know that, but like, I don't know how you would. Have- oh, guys, if you don't know that she dies in Endgame, get with the program for God's sake. Like, yeah. Literally, go back and listen a few episodes ago. We'll tell you she dies. <laughs> yeah, so she's dead. Uh, you kind of want it to add something or be like, oh, it explains why she died or explains that maybe she didn't actually die or something to that effect. But instead, I guess what it's doing is it's setting up a new Black Widow for us in Florence Pugh. It is. It just could, I think it could have done that in a much more interesting it, it didn't need a two hour film to do that. You, that could have been one scene in anything else. They could have inserted that into Falcon and the Winter Soldier somehow and made that a bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, well, they could know, have, somehow. 
fleshing out in all her previous films so that we knew she had like a sister see my air quotes a sister <laughs> and, and then when we brought Florence Pugh in for like a scene we would have known that relationship but it felt like they were almost trying to just cram this whole it felt like a retcon it was I don't know the, the plot was quite thin um I, you could summarize it pretty easily and you will as well won't you <laughs> I will I will absolutely I've got it all written down I um but <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but there's as I was going through the plot and making some notes on it I was just noticing how there's no moment where you know it, it, the climax of a Marvel film is usually the moment of oh that's how they're going to defeat the villain by this thing that was mentioned earlier or something like that and it's all kind of very kind of cathartic and like whoa like um uh, some examples um Thor Ragnarok is like I'm actually the god of thunder I don't need the hammer um Ant-Man when he's like actually I go into the quantum realm to get into the guy's suit and that shrinks him uh, and all that stuff there was no moment like that she just fights well and that was it <laughs> did it break her own nose that was very exciting she um, did but like I, that just was a moment of ooh I know it was a bit like oh I did I felt I felt a bit like um I don't know I felt like they didn't really do her justice if they wanted us to feel more sad about her being dead I was like I wanted more for her I think it almost would have been better to throw it back to when they were kids almost rather than her I don't know because it's it is quite a sad story but it doesn't really spend enough time in the sad moments I agree I agree yes um it puts more into like the action but there isn't but the action is just regular fighting it's almost it felt very um back to basics in that this could have been released in the sort of uh phase one era um yes. and this probably would have done really well um but now we go back and watch things like iron man iron man 2 and stuff and be like well it's good but it's a bit basic compared to what we have now yeah, I haven't had a chance to verify if this is true yet, but Chris told me when I, he was like, just now like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing Black Widow, man. And he was like, oh, I read on Reddit that they filmed the CGI action scenes before they cast it. Really? Which I can't, I was like, I don't have time to verify this. Why didn't you tell me this very important fact the other day when I told you I was doing Black Widow? Um, so I don't know if that's true, because you know what Reddit's like. Like It could be like people were like, oh, stupid female superhero movie. They didn't even cast it before that you know how rumors start but i could kind of see it being true based on having seen it myself as a film and just filled in the bits in between yeah because it did sort of almost feel like we were jumping from action to action with like well which, which is a very marvel way of doing things because I, I think we've talked before about the formula that has to be a big yeah. action for many minutes to keep people hooked um so i could kind of see them doing that and i guess they would know the basic I suppose if they if they plan it that way, where they're like there has to be an action scene at this point, this point, this point, this point, then they work out what the action scene is going to be and then link it all together, which is probably the worst way to write an action film because you end up just kind of living for that rhythm mm. rather than actually thinking about how the story. Because the best action films have have these action scenes, but the action scenes also kind of develop the plot or develop the character in a certain way, which is why. Some of the as and the best Marvel films, like the likes of the Avengers films, Black Panther, um, the Ant Man films, and Thor Ragnarok, and that are good examples of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one, it's like, and now action scene, 
it's like it's like going to um a variety show but nothing <laughs> sort of links up in the in the right way it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the best action film is The Mummy. And I was like, mm, yes, it is. Well, it's also The Mummy, yes. Yeah, with Rachel Weisz, who's in this film. So you'd expect it to be similar level of action movie. But yeah, I know what you mean. It just felt a bit... It's weird because I like some elements of it. Like I like how it zags when it should zig. Like it doesn't feel like everything gets wrapped up as neatly as a normal mm. Marvel. Um, mm. Which is nice. So you don't just go like... So we're all fine now. Everything's happy and tied up with a little bow. It is. It is tied into the sort of chronology of it, and uh, and the post credit scene, which we'll go into later on. I thought that was really good. That knowing what is coming up in terms of the what was released afterwards, I was like, oh, okay. Now I'm excited about this and this and this. Um, but it, uh, yeah, they could have just they could have done it in a much more inventive way. It doesn't have to, it never has to be as big as an Avengers film. It could, but then neither are the Ant Man films, and I think they're really good as little kind of um, yeah. side diversions and with different, slightly different tones, but still really gripping stories, even if they're not the most consequential ones. Yeah, I agree. But I think the thing with Ant Man is it's so it doesn't. Like, we know he's alive. We know he's well, and I. <laughs> You can let yourself care more whereas for this you're just like but well, you did and then nothing changes with that <laughs> there's no yeah. oh she actually had this secret uh ring that meant she wouldn't die if she fell from a giant cliff oh surprise or something like that you know true i guess i mean it, the her death in endgame i did feel was a bit like oh gosh okay that happened then all right yeah <laughs> um, and and then at the end they had the big funeral but it was all for tony stark and it, it would that we did mention in the podcast episode about it we were like well what about natasha like she yeah. died too um but i suppose this is good that she gets a film afterwards as a bit of an epilogue to her uh because she yeah. is a very significant like she's one of the originals you know maybe um, they it to that by having it like start and end with her falling and it's like her life flashing before her eyes Ooh, framework i love a framework yeah. Yeah. Me too. and it would have been like it would always be like she landed and you think oh she's she's in another world and she's doing this like she's jumped into another life but then it ends and you're realizing it's just her life flashing before her eyes mm. that would have been emotional for me and it would have tied it in with the well, it could have, they could have had some kind of and it, they, they maybe needed to have some questions in the Avengers films that were left unanswered and then yeah. this film answers them a little well, bit. They, they had no, no one was really wondering what she was doing after Civil War. I don't no, think they were wondering what happened in Budapest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Big question that apparently we were all asking. Oh, what happened to Natasha's parents, guys? Like, where were they? I've never asked. Her, but it's nice to know that they... They are fine. When I rank the Marvel films in my head, there's only, uh, so far there's only been like three that I've actively disliked. Two of them are Captain America films and the other one <laughs> is the, the Hulk film that no one really speaks of anymore. Um, and I think this one is probably going to go with them in that I actively disliked it because I felt like it was just a bit lazily done. Yeah. And I do think that was also reflected in the release because they released it, the streaming. It was one of the first ones they released on Disney Plus as well. I think it's almost like it was an afterthought film in that sense. Like it was for them, like it wasn't going to, they were like, oh, it's not going to make, you know, this, we, we don't care if it's at the cinema or not. I, I know Scott Hansen sued them for it, didn't she? Yes, I was going to say there was a, a big hoo-ha about that because I guess they technically broke contract because she was expecting a cinematic release, which I guess makes a bit more money in a way because people <laughs> buy cinema tickets. 
So her wages were based on like however much profit it turned in the cinemas. Mm. And then they were like, surprise, it's for streaming. And she was like, what the hell do you mean it's for streaming? I thought we were going to, where's my millions? I would have taken a different deal. Yeah, well, if they've, if they've broken contracts like that, if they've done done a, done a dirty on her, then yeah, I mean, she has every right to be a bit pissed off about that. I understand why they might have done it, because this was one of the first films to be released after COVID hit. And COVID cha- has changed everything about how we... Um, uh, take in entertainment because mm-hmm. streaming services existed but people signed up to so many more during COVID because we weren't we had more disposable income because we weren't going out um, yes and it was we couldn't go to the cinema because they were all closed so they it all had to be on the streaming services um, <laughs> we just sat at home as <laughs> we used to know <laughs> um, yeah I don't I, I know I, I know a lot of people were very like a lot of Marvel fans were very angry at her for doing the suing for doing the suing because they were like how dare you bite the hand that feeds you and i was like well but to be fair she's had quite a raw deal yeah, exactly. and the hand that feeds her has bitten her like, yeah. they, they, if they said like this is this is what we're gonna do these are your wages this is what it will be and we're gonna like make your wages via this way and then they and this is all in writing and then they go back on that they've technically broken the law because they had it in a contract. I don't know if they actually did have it in a contract or what, but I'm just, I like to take her side in this. <laughs> and yeah, I think people just want, there are, we know this, there are some very diehard Marvel fans out there who will hear no evil of anything. And they are like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the best show ever. <laughs> so, you know, they're not necessarily. I, don't, I find it remarkable that the, rather than take the side of one actor, they'll take the side of one of the biggest entertainment corporations in the world. Yeah, how dare you bully that poor, poor corporation, Scarlet? Disney what? has it hard. Disney has it really hard, you know. It doesn't rake in lots and lots of billions every year. No, it doesn't. It doesn't own one of the most successful streaming platforms. Leave them alone. <laughs> Disney, no one's ever heard of Disney. It's trying to make its name for itself now. I think it's to say I actually think Mickey Mouse runs it. That poor mouse is working day after day to bring us entertainment and magic. And you are really- for him. no but disney's weird about mickey mouse because they don't consider him a fictional character they consider him to be an actor um and they write whenever they use mickey mouse for a cartoon they write a contract for him oh my god that's amazing did you not know this it's mental did i think they do it not just with mickey mouse but with like all their characters they're not like i don't know if all their characters maybe the ones like mickey mouse Minnie mouse donald duck all that stuff but they they don't consider them to be fiction they are actors so it kind of adds to this ethos that when you go to disney the disney parks you are entering the real disney world and when you see mickey mouse it's not a person in a suit it is mickey mouse actual mickey mouse god that's amazing Mm. that makes the south park episode make so much more sense now as well with him striding around as a little angry ceo exactly it's all a bit cultish and like it's you can basically get if you're one of the actors in a suit you can basically get fired if you take the suit off in public view you have to like they all kind of run into tunnels and there's like tunnels under the park that the actors all go in and that's when they can take it off because it ruins the illusion that it's really um, it is very cultish it sounds like Scientology it is a little bit like yeah yeah, yeah. it is you kind of give your soul a little bit to them and they probably pay you absolutely nothing for it yeah okay that's that was like a podcast episode for like a, a What's it called? A bottle episode for us. Bottle episode, yeah. About <laughs> oh, the, 
the evils of Disney. Although I feel like we'll end up with a sniper outside our flat by just doing, just saying this stuff, really. <laughs> I know, as I said Scientology, I was like, oh no, Kaylee, don't anger them again. I told you about the Chinese, so they wrote a letter to my company because they were mad at me. I don't need you to had, K- Kaylee angered the Scientologists, and that's a group you do not want to anger. No, they're like, fire her immediately. But luckily, I didn't really do anything wrong. So People have mysteriously disappeared by angering Scientologists. Probably became Scientologists. Probably, probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to Tom Cruise. <laughs> okay, well, before we say anything that I will regret, do you want to do a plot? <laughs> Let's do some plot. Let's move on from general thoughts and talk about what actually happens in this in this this is this quite frankly bad film um uh, well I'll tell you what I liked the opening bit mm-hmm. where they were introducing this family so we're introduced to a family of people it's the dad the mom and two daughters the dad is called and they're not a real biological family they're all undercover Russian Russian agents um by the way the Russian accents throughout all of this loved it living for so it. much fun I was like you know what I've missed and I'm glad that Stranger Things and and I had this as well Russia being the bad guys I have I have missed it I, I, I like that in in this day and age we try and make sure that actors don't have to do accents instead you get an actor who has that accent to play the part but no, I think when it comes to Russians I'm like you know what Russia deserves a bit of xenophobia they can take it quite frankly <laughs> now you're angering russia what are you doing okay, what, what is wrong with us stop the biggest powers in the world <laughs> who else can we <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't start on the harry potter franchise we, we, so, we're loving <laughs> um anyway yeah so the dad is called alexi played by david harbour uh, the mum is called melina played by rachel vice and the two young daughters are natasha and yelena um they are I like that it's kind of gradually revealed as well yeah. it's like you kind of introduce them and you're like okay one of them's going to be Black Widow and it, oh it's her and then uh they go in and have dinner but then the dad sort of reveals that they've got to leave now um and you're gradually discovering that these guys are not real family they're undercover spies they've got intel from America from S.H.I.E.L.D. and they need to get it back to um Russia or whatever like they're the communists, the evil communists. Um, the evil beings that we don't understand. And the evil beings are always <laughs> from communist countries. Damn they them all. <laughs> Their ideas of equality, bastards. <laughs> Socialism, ugh, the root of all evil that is. We'd rather have, we'd rather get rid of women's rights than resort to socialism. <laughs> oh, you joke. <laughs> I, d- I don't joke. It's true. <laughs> um. They're ordered to return to Cuba again. Socialism, communism, evil, rah, um, uh, with the intel that they have. And there's a very exciting escape scene involving a plane, a small, like, little plane. Um, and they get away. And on arrival, they meet General, their boss, General Dreykov, played by Rick Winston, doing a Russian accent. And amazing. Of all the people to get to do an accent, Ray Winston. I know, I know. I was, I was like, he's gone from one ridiculous real accent to a ridiculous fake accent, you know? <laughs> maybe that's why. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the person who was casting the Russian accent people had just never heard a Russian accent before. Possibly, yeah. I, do. I mean, have any, I've, I've, I've never personally heard a real Russian accent. I've only ever heard 
other people doing dueling Russian accents like this, like we're an archer or something. <laughs> oh, I have, but you know, it's because my, my dad's That's... married to a lady, so... <laughs> so you have heard a real Russian accent. I probably have heard a real Russian accent somewhere, but yeah. We're probably, uh, I always feel like I'd go there and they all talk like the Queen. That would be amazing. It is a bit more muted than we think it is. I was very disappointed, actually, when I met her in real life. I was like, come on, where's the... Camp it up a bit for me. Yeah, yeah, like... Get... <laughs> kind of a normal human being. What's this about? <laughs> Give it some Lenin, for God's sake. <laughs> Give it some Bartok in Anastasia. Hey, um, oh, they get all crazy with the hips. Is it... He's in the army as well. Is Who? he? Which one? Isn't he Benny? No, that's not him. No, no. Bartok is Hank Azaria, who is in. Um, he's the Simpsons guy. Oh he does those voices in the Simpsons. Oh yes, not necessarily in a very PC way, but he does do it. No, he does. Yeah, well, he's he's stopping doing the ones of non-white characters now. I think uh, isn't it? He doesn't do Apu anymore. Hmm. Um, I don't know about Doctor Hibbert. Actually, must read up on that. Ooh. Um, anyway, they're in Cuba now. Um, they give the info, the intel they've got to General Drakov, and then they, this sort of fake family gets all separated, and the girls get taken to back to the Red Room, which is where they've got trained up, and they have more training and more brainwashing. Yeah, it, when we talked about, like, it, the film is not exploring the actual sad bits, this is where I would have thought they'd explore where these girls actually come from. Yeah. Like, who are their real parents and that sort of thing? Um, their new lives. Yeah, exactly. And um, it, it was sort of, yeah, that, that was sort of swept under the rug. But I think, I suppose they're going for the idea that this fake family actually became their real family because they got very, very close. But I'm also yeah. like, but these girls, I assume, have been literally torn away from someone. Yes, they have. Like the person under the pink blossoms, if we recall. But um isn't that where they say her mum's buried? They say she's under a tree with pink blossoms. Oh, really? Oh, I don't remember that. I seem to remember that being part of it. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I guess it's all about found family, which I guess is what happens with with Natasha with the Avengers. That's why she's the one who's fighting so hard to like think of a way to undo the snap. Mm. Um, well, that would be nice to know if, like, was she looking for her other found family during the snap? Or did she know if they made it through? And yeah, I would have thought there'd be a bit more info about like where where is General Drakov getting these girls from? Like what what is wrong with the world that he's able to just take a load of girls and train them up into like brainwashed super soldiers? Yeah. Um, now that is that is kind of that would give you more of a drive for Natasha to kind of, I don't know, avenge or um fight back or whatever she yeah. needs to do. Yeah. She needs she needs some vengeance, but we need to know why she needs vengeance because mm. It, like the way we hear about it, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he said about her biological mother being killed and put under a pink blossom tree. But like, as you're saying, like if we don't know where they're from, it could be like, oh, they were orphans and they took them in out of the goodness of their heart and trained them to be super soldiers. Whereas mm. it's very much like, nah, they were nicked from families. Child soldiers across the world, like the, the actual realities of child soldiers is very dark. So it could have been a very, I guess it's Disney, they can't go too dark, but. No, but then they went darker in other ones. I mean, they killed off almost everyone in Avengers Infinity War. That's very true. Yeah, they did. They did. So and they, they touch on, Black Panther touched on, you know, the idea of colonialism and in, and empire and how that had effects on uh, Wakanda and uh, other countries that neighbour it. So 
um it didn't go like dark 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 but it went it explored it and interweaved into the storyline quite well um yeah whereas i think that's where that's where black widow is kind of lacking with which meant, meant that i just it was hard to care i suppose yeah need some jeopardy in there need some jeopardy need some dark themes um and then over time, Natasha eventually defects to S.H.I.E.L.D. Again, not really explored how that happens, as far as I remember. Um, she Eventually, she just does. <laughs> no, I think they said her actions in... Was it her actions in Budapest was what led her to becoming part of S.H.I.E.L.D. or being selected by S.H.I.E.L.D.? But again, yeah, you're right. Like, it doesn't explain why she wants to defect. Because it's shown that eventually is showing that the super soldiers are they have like a chemical that they in their brain or something or something in their brain that yeah. is stopping them for, that is keeping them brainwashed and then they have this antidote that they inhale and then that gets that cures them but how did natasha break from that is would be my question actually now we're talking about this the story of gamora is very similar like she breaks free of a regime that she's been you know raised into like stolen from a family mm. um yeah taken in by Thanos and then she's she dies got, the same way yeah she dies the same way and she's got a sister who they have like a sort of sisterly squabbly at each other's fruits so you kind of well, I mean theirs is less fun but they do reconcile and you get that like sisterly vibe from them it's very so similar it would be cool to eventually and I they they may well they will probably meet at some point to have Yelena and Nebula meet up and yeah. swap, <laughs> compare stories. <laughs> oh, my sister died falling from a big cliff too. Yeah, mine as well. And they try to outdo each other. Be like that four Yorkshiremen sketch where they're like, well, you were lucky. I didn't have walls or roofs. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, it's very similar. It's like they just have like one subplot for all solo female characters, like sister and, um, you know, stolen. <laughs> <laughs> That's her plot. Like even Captain brainwashed Marvel. by a man. Captain Marvel's the same. She's brainwashed by a man as well. <gasps> oh my goodness. Okay. Oh sh- oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought we were progressing in feminism. Oh god. Backwards. These bloody men stealing our brains and making us think. Do you think there's some male writer in the writing room who's like, okay, so female lead, hear me out. So there's a man who's in control of her and she breaks the programming. They all go, whoa. (laughs) Why can't we have a woman who's already broken free doing her thing? They're like, move aside, Judith Butler. We got new feminism here. (laughs) This is Marvel wave feminism. This is what Pankhurst was fighting for. (laughs) Aye, aye, aye. Oh, okay. It's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, so she, it's, Natasha defects to S.H.I.E.L.D. She helps Hawkeye to assassinate General Drakov and Drakov's daughter, Antonia. Um, and we think they're dead. Spoiler alert, they're not. Surprise! <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. But that um, is the whole root of her being so, like, self-loathing was her thinking she killed this innocent girl. I was just say, I guess that was how we built up our understanding of Natasha. It's a key moment of her life that we didn't really know about but was hinted at in all the Avengers films so it did kind of add something to her story even mm. if it wasn't what we needed or wanted it's true it's true um yeah it didn't explore it brilliantly but yeah I suppose it's and a drive it kind of retcons it because she didn't actually kill her so 
all that self-loathing was for nothing <laughs> true but I, I guess she does because later on she then um just she never wants to kill Antonia later on she always what she wants to try and cure her and stuff like she frees her from that prison cell on the big yeah. thing we'll get there we'll get there we're not quite there yet <laughs> um years later Natasha is a, so after the events of civil war Natasha is a fugitive uh from the government she's gone into hiding because she was on the side of America and anti-Sokovia Accords and all that. Um, and Yelena is still an assassin for the Red Room and she's under the influence of this mind control chemical agent. But in a fight scene, she uh, inhales a gas that counteracts the agent and she is cured. And she's like, oh, I see the light. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I love that they call it the Red Room as well. So like, what could we call an evil Russian place that indoctrinates? <gasps> the Red Room, they like the color red. It, the color red always, it, yeah, it suggests sort of uh, bloodshed, intensity, and um, uh, yeah, mysterious underground things, I suppose. Yeah. Also, the red room is, I think, at the beginning of Jane Eyre, whenever she like throws a tantrum because of the plight of women, she gets yeah. put in the red room. Uh, and the red room is like a room that's painted red, and that's like her sort of solitary confinement that she gets put in. And she sort of mentions it a few times, and it's like traumatizing. So I wonder if there's a bit of a reference to that in there. I like that. I wonder if we should, if we'd have had time, we should have looked at the red room throughout history. Being I'm used going to start a Reddit feed right now. <laughs> You'll find it on Reddit, guys. Hashtag. <laughs> Red room. I don't know how Reddit works. Do you know? <laughs> the, un the, the untold connection between Marvel and Charlotte Bronte. Oh, I would read that article, to be fair. I would. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. The one Bronte reference you missed. <laughs> <laughs> the one, one Bronte <laughs> reference. Yeah. Um, she decides, obviously, because she's now cured, she decides to work against the Red Room. And she thinks, ah, my old fake sister, Natasha, I must go to her. So she sends she sends a load of uh, vials of this antidote to Natasha, um, but doesn't, like... Explain what they are. Doesn't explain what they are. It doesn't go... It doesn't, she does this in completely the wrong order, and I don't understand why. <laughs> I know, because if I received lots of mysterious vials in the post, and I was an ex russian i was a russian defective agent i wouldn't touch them because i've i've seen what happens i've read about the souls because things and all sorts i've like mm -mm, no 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 vials for me thank you exactly yeah any any kind of vial coming from russia i'd be like nope nope nope, nope, nope. calling the bomb squad right now nope, 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 nope. right what well, oh russian stamp no thank you <laughs> it also here's my question it feels a bit easy to cure brainwashing by just a gas it they, does seem that they made a flaw in their brainwashing plan, doesn't it? I know. Like, who? Why, why didn't they brainwash them using psycho, like, hypnotism or whatever? Because surely that's harder to counteract if the brain is actually programmed itself to think a certain way. But if it's just a thing they've injected into there and it just they just have to inhale a gas to get rid of it, then surely that's a massive flaw. Short term, it's big benefits for them, I guess, but... Yeah, like at long term, we had Bucky Barnes, who was psychologically manipulated, and mm. he broke free too. So he did, but he took longer, which I suppose is a more realistic depiction of brainwashing. Whereas yeah. this is like, and poof, and they're cured. It's like a fairy came along and like just said, <laughs> <laughs> no more brainwashing for you. Well done, women. Escape. Make it blue. <laughs> yeah, so she sends vials to Natasha. Natasha has the vials in her car, but doesn't. 
I don't think she really knows what they are. But because she has the vials in her car, she's then attacked by some kind of assassin robot thing. Um, <laughs> and she, do, again, doesn't know why. This is where I'm like, Yelena, you needed to go and visit her first and be like, right, Natasha, girl, sit down. I've got something to tell you. Firstly, <laughs> <laughs> hi. Haven't seen you. Whereas How instead, they're on, she's on this bridge in the car being attacked by a big robot. And she's like, ah! <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, she escapes from them and tracks down Yelena and Yelena then reveals all the things. She reveals that Drakov is still alive. The Red Room is still active. Shocker. Didn't see that one coming. Um, and they want to team up. She wants to team up in order to bring it down and use these antidotes to save all the other super soldier women that are both in the Red Room and spread out around the world. Kind of a good twist of it, turned out. She was still brainwashed and she was doing this to get Natasha back in the country. That would have been cool. And converted. And they could have explored the idea of like, who do you trust? Who do you not trust? You know? Yeah. They didn't. They did their own thing, which is fine. They do that a bit with Rachel Weiss's character. Um, Just reading the next paragraph is like, so Natasha and Yelena, they go, they get Alexi, David Harbour, out of prison because he's Mm. in a cell. And he directs them to Melina, Rachel Weiss. Um, and Melina is like experimenting with the mind control chemicals on these poor piggies as well. <laughs> um, and she, but she alerts Drakov to Natasha's presence, but then changes her mind and works with them. And her allegiance was kind of swapping and changing a little bit here. Um, but I felt like it was a bit incoherent, like where yeah. she was standing. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like maybe they needed it to be a slightly longer film. Yeah. I don't normally say that because I like a tight film, but I feel like in this instance, you kind of needed it to just make it feel like it had that gravitas to it. It, yeah. it, it's this, this sort of little mid bit um, was confusing exactly where Melina's allegiance stood. Obviously, by the end, you're like, oh, she's good. Fine. She's a good guy. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't very, very coherent. Also, side note, whenever Rachel Vice is in something, I'm like, fuck, yes, like this is going to be really good. And I feel like people sleep on Rachel Vice and forget that she exists. And yeah. um, I don't like Oscar winner Rachel Vice. Yeah, say. she is an Oscar winner. Mm. And, um, and I think she's probably one of my most favorite actresses ever. Mostly she's like, 80% because she's in The Mummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, The Mummy is like iconic. But to be fair, whenever she's in a film, I'm always very happy to see her, even if it's a bad film. Like, I really enjoyed that Witches of Oz film because she was in it. And I really quite like, actually, I did like it. My cousin Rachel, did you see that with her in it? No, but I want to watch that. Yeah. I watched the funny. old, is, is, that's, a, that's a Daphne du Maurier story, isn't it? Yeah. I watched the old one with Olivia de Havilland in it, and that was good. So I must yeah, watch the it's, new one very cheesily done but I was mm. like Rachel is just perfect she can do any role any line like even in this she gives like some of the silliest lines and the silliest accents it feels like an Oscar winning performance from her and the favorite as well yes yeah, oh my god she's so good in the favorite and about a boy isn't she in about a boy is she in about a boy oh she's the love interest isn't she yeah 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 yeah, yeah. She, and that's like a great film too I always forget that it's good because I'm like ugh, just a yeah, classic British. And she's called. married to James Bond. She is married to James Bond. She was married to someone else I was looking at the other day. The director of um, Mother. Mother, yeah, she was married to Darren Aronofsky. Is that, yes. I think that's his name. But now she's with Daniel Craig. And I think they're, they're quite cute. I like that. I think that. she levelled up a little bit there. Oh, yeah, she did. And 
he like carries her baby around in one of those baby backpacks. It's all very good. Exactly. Good but I want her to be in more yeah. stuff because I feel like she had that. What's that phrase they use? The last unfuckable day where they they like, they don't use actresses after a certain age and then they don't use them again until they're older and they can play mums. Oh, there's like a middle section and they go from yeah. ingenue to witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, they've gone into like a weird hibernation period and they'll come back when they're old enough to be a mum. Meryl Streep talks about how she keeps getting offered witch parts. She's older. I want Rachel to be in everything. I want her to have her own Marvel film. I want, but she can't now because of because of this. So I don't know. I guess not. But yeah, I think I I think she. If you want a good example of like British acting, I'm like go see a, go see anything with Rachel Vice, and I think she's fab. Yeah, but mainly uh, the mummy. The mummy. The mummy, the mummy is the, like her greatest work. <laughs> <laughs> quite frankly, I don't care about her Oscar-winning performance in The Constant Gardener. The mummy is no. her greatest work. <laughs> Oh, God, the constant armor. Yeah, she's in so much good stuff. Mm. Anyway. Um, anyway, uh, they discover that the Red Room is actually a big flying complex in the air. Um, and Natasha and Melina disguise as each other so, because Dracov thinks that Melina is on his side. So Natasha can go into his office disguised as her. Um, and she meets with Dracov. He sees right through her web of lies. So she takes off the mask thing. Very Mission Impossible. It was, wasn't it? What do you call them? The um, energy mask. Energy mask. It's like, if you've got this technology, why aren't we using it all the time? I don't understand. There's that bit in Friends where Phoebe hates, is it, she hates Ross and it turns out it was a dream and she goes, and then you took off your energy mask and you were Cameron Diaz. (laughs) And she goes, this may have been a dream, actually. (laughs) Um. And then he reveals that the robot assassin thing is actually his daughter, Antonia, who's also alive, but he's obviously done the Frankenstein move of like giving her all sort of robotic limbs and things like that. And then enhanced her inverted Mm. commas enhanced. And she can mimic the action of anyone that she fights, which makes her very difficult to defeat as a result. And as far as you go, we got that symbol symbolism of the male control over female. Um, Yeah. Yes. A female mimic. She's like Echo from the Greek mythology. Yes, like Echo. And she's a woman who just mimics what other people do. So she doesn't have that agency um, yeah. as well, which pretty cool. Not explored very well, but a good idea, I thought. Yeah. Maybe it should have been a series. Could it, yeah, a six part series would have been cool for this. Yeah. They could have explored it a bit better then. Um, yeah, they would have had more time to sort of sit in some ideas. Mm, rather than yeah. just go, ah, here are all of our ideas, run! Ah, explosions, explosions! <laughs> the women are free! Thank goodness for feminism, guys. Um, Natasha is also, also, she cannot attack Dracov because there's something in her brain. Would have been, I think they should have revealed that earlier as like a problem in the plot or something. I don't know. But then she, uh, she uh, solves this problem by breaking her nose and that like cuts off whatever's in her brain or something because she's tough yeah it would have been interesting if they had had between the different Avengers films like her with a very different shaped nose and you never know why and then this was the explanation for it yeah Natasha what happened to your nose she'd be like uh wait for phase four yeah you'll find out (laughs) (laughs) um and then I agree though they should have told us beforehand like it would have been good if when they were discussing their plan of her going up and getting into his office this had come up as as a problem to solve 
that's quite it's quite a good plot point i think that's something very different in that the hero cannot attack the villain she she's programmed not to do it like that's tricky how are they going to get around that one so we then reach the final denouement of uh of the film i know big word eh Ah. (laughs) and french (laughs) um alexia molina managed to fight antonia and put her into a cell to stop her attacking people um and they also managed to take out the red room's engine so it all begins to kind of break up and fall gradually symbolic of the fall of patriarchy Ah, or the fall of russia (laughs) or the fall of russia (laughs) soon soon (laughs) Um, Dracov escapes on a plane Natasha is attacked by other super soldier assassins but Yelena manages to cure them by releasing the antidote in the room and they all go oh Oh, my pheromones are free (laughs) (laughs) Um, Natasha also manages to nick info about the worldwide locations of other assassins and steals some more vials for future adventures as well and she also frees Antonia from the cell. And like I said, I like that because she is not trying to kill her. She wants to be able to cure her and woman yes. helping woman and that sort of thing, which is good. Yes. Shine your light elsewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, whilst they're falling, Alexia and Melina escape in an aircraft. Yelena manages to destroy Dracov's aircraft, killing him. And Natasha fights Antonia and manages to cure her with a vial of the antidote. So they're all doing their own thing. It's not just Natasha saving the day. All of them are doing something, which is quite good. Yeah, it kind of reminded me actually of the Avengers because it's a team up. Everyone has a part to play. It's very much a team up. It just all, I think my problem with it is that it all felt a bit easy. They just, they just fight and they just, yeah. And it's just, it's all, it's just the athleticism. It's a bit, I remember the climax of the Hulk film being a bit tedious because they just fight each other. And that's mm. it. There's no kind of, the most we get is her breaking her nose. But like we said, that could have been drip fed in a bit more, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, on the grounds, Natasha gives one more vial to Yelena um, and gives her all the locations of the other super soldiers. She can head off, have her adventures, do all that while Natasha goes and goes back, goes back to join the Avengers, which is like, her family, her chosen family, her Isn't logical that, family. Her logical family. <laughs> when she's just the only woman doing what she can. Exactly. And then we have a post credit scene where Yelena, later after the events of Endgame, is mourning Natasha's death. And she gets visited by <clears throat> Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. <laughs> um, and Valentina says that she blames Hawkeye for the death of Natasha. I do too. Yeah, I mean, it's fair <laughs> enough. Um, and she assigns Yelena to take him out. Yeah. That will happen. Yes. They won't were, were team up or anything. I think that seems like a... Not a, at uh, all. Not at all. I like this. This got me excited for Hawkeye, the series. I was like, ah, this is how it all starts to sync up. Like yeah. it. Very nice. Nothing really should get you excited for Hawkeye the series, but really, <gasps> oh, no, you're no, a hater. Why are you me, such I, a hater? I just, I just don't like him very much. He doesn't seem like a nice man in real life. Not oh, <laughs> Jeremy Renner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't he a bit of an oddball? Yeah, yeah. Like he was firing a gun in the ceiling when his girlfriend annoyed him, and Ooh. he brought out a Jeremy Renner app. He oh, did, didn't he? 
And you can win. Like, there were lots of people in there pretending to be the actual Jeremy Renner. He was like, no, I'm the real Jeremy Renner. It was very like, I'm Maximus Aurelius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Spartacus, yeah. Yeah, and you uh, could earn like little Jeremy Renner stars or something. I don't know. It just all seems a bit like a mad ego. We are really. living in interesting times, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's fine. I'm being unfair, really, but... Well, we can all be unfair. It is. It's a bit weird to make an app that's just about you. Yeah, really. no. And he started a singing career. Have you heard any of his singing? No. Oh my god, I'm oh, going to after this. You though. have to go and listen to his songs. Yes. Um, I just think there's a lot. Oh god, about is him. it on? Is it on YouTube? It on yes. YouTube? And it's the video is amazing. Really good. Like I know lots of people really like him, so obviously that's fine. I just, just not a fan, you know. <sighs> oh my god, it's a whole music video. Yeah. Why are there neon neon things? Why not? Why not have neon things? Always oh, going through a doorway. Ooh. I think if I recall it correctly, he's wearing like a long leather coat. Yes, he's walking in the oh, it's so white male. He's like in the American West. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's very fallout boy. Yeah, I don't need any more of that in my life. It just makes me cringe. You know, I think if I met him in real life, I just wouldn't have a nice time. I think that's what it is. He'd be like, yeah, do you want to hear my music? And he gets a guitar out, which is the worst yes. thing anyone can ever do at a social gathering. Get Put that guitar away before I burn it. Maybe that's it. Maybe he just reminds me of like a dad trying to be trying too hard. It feels like if he was poorer, like not wealthy from Marvel, then he'd have like a leather jacket and a sports car and he'd be divorced like twice or something. Yeah. Um, and he'd be, and yeah, he'd be sort of, I don't know, trying to relive the life he never had. He'd probably be into conspiracy theories as well. Oh, he would. He so would. And he'd be like, oh, you know, if it weren't for my, my kids, I would have, I would have achieved this. I would have done this with my life. Yeah. He'd be like, you wouldn't, you loser. Just focus on the life you have. Yeah. Oh, oh, grim, but grim. Reading and connecting a lot of dots very elaborately so i don't know that's <laughs> we're, we're judging harshly here aren't we yeah yeah and we would not like if people did the same of a woman would we so true true i get very annoyed when people go like oh i like i'm not gonna say who it is i know someone who just doesn't like brie larson because they think she looks like and i quote a bitch which i think is so unreasonable and i get really angry about it every time <laughs> you know but, what if you, do, if you do it to men they deserve it so yeah I'm like, yeah, he looks like a dickhead. <laughs> There's a double standard, but men created the double standard. So their fault. So I'm gonna do the same exactly, thing. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a bitch. Before we go on to a quiz, I have one question. What happened to this whole hospital that uh, Natasha apparently burned down? I mean, yeah, what happened to it? That's they enough. drip fed that for several phases. They were like the hospital, the kittens, the puppies, or whatever they said. And she was like, the hospital. And <laughs> they, they never there was no hospital in this. I thought they were going to explain the hospital. Well, I did too, but instead they went and sort of, that's why I said it was it felt like a bit of a retcon because they focused more on this like innocent girl that she killed. Was mm. it in a hospital? I don't think it was. No, I swear they mention a hospital involved. This is the bit I remember about whatever. They, they, they every now and then someone would be like, "Do you remember the death, the deaths, the poor deaths, the hospital?" And she could be like, <gasps> "Hang on, hospital, Black Widow." Let's have a look. You're going to get people who have been bitten by Black Widow. Yes, I say what I got. I was going to say, how serious is a Black Widow spider? <laughs> <laughs> 
no, Marvel, Marvel, <laughs> not actual Black Widows. That's silly, silliness. Well, yeah, no, the hospital fire. You're right. But I was saying, was she in a hospital, the girl? She wasn't, was yeah. she? It was a hospital hospital fire. I made yeah, it but, more ridiculous by adding in kittens, but I don't yeah, think there's I any kittens it. involved. But was Draco's daughter in a hospital? Was the building a hospital is what I'm asking you. I don't know. I can't remember what the building was. I don't think so. Or I don't... Mm. It didn't say anything in Wikipedia about it. But I mean, that's such a minor thing. Why would she think of a hospital? Surely the whole climax should have been in a hospital which burnt down and killed lots of people and she was somehow responsible for it. It's less dramatic that way. I mean, I quite like the fact that she was like, oh, I'm traumatised by just the word hospital rather than fire, murder, um, any of those things. <laughs> it's a bit more abstract, actually. Yeah, yeah so like, oh. You should really get to hospital without No, I won't. I can sort of I remember they did that awful one where they were like, oh, she's not a human because she can't have children. Oh, my God. That was in Age of Ultron, wasn't it? Yeah. She's like, I feel ashamed. And, I'm infertile. No, no. One of my pet peeves with this film. Where was it a pet peeve? It was just kind of annoying, I guess, because they kept being like, oh, it's her solo outing. It's going to establish her as a hero on her own. But they kept bringing up all the Avengers as if she was worse off than them. So they're like, oh, call Tony Stark, he'll fix this. Or mm. you're not one of the big heroes, are you? And there are a few other little comments as well. Yeah, yeah. It, do- it doesn't do what it kind of says on the tin, I suppose. Yeah. Not in the way that Captain Marvel did it better in that they, okay, yeah, she does have to overcome men, but she they do set her up as a hero in her own right. And they keep that throughout the Avengers films, I think. She sort of comes in, does her thing, and then flies off back into space. And it's like, this is my domain. Bye. You know? Yeah, and she does defeat them with, like, feminist powers. Like, you have mm. no power over me. <laughs> it's yeah, real. yeah. Yeah. They also, I just remember, they talk about the bit in Age of Ultron where she's like, I'm deformed because I've had a vasectomy, hysterectomy even. Um, She, oops. (laughs) (laughs) She, um, they do deal with that, don't they? But in like a humorous way, which I thought was quite interesting that they did. Like, what did you think of that? Out of interest. Mm, I didn't love it. I don't know. I didn't think it was that good uh, a dealing, to be honest, but. I don't know, cause it's such a topic. I know lots of people who are, like there's there's a couple of people I follow on Instagram who are infertile, struggling with fertility, who are Marvel fans, and they all are very angry about how it was portrayed in these films. So I think if you're struggling with that, they maybe should have got someone to consult who was going through it maybe and then worked with them. It seemed interesting to me that they, they, there was controversy about it. So they just, they throw it in as a joke. Yeah, it's a jokey scene and I kind of get it maybe they're trying to be like you know what it's it, yes she does she was a victim of this it is really bad but it, it doesn't make her less of a person she can joke about what her body is and stuff I think that's maybe the vibe they were trying to go for is yeah. be like you know what it's not necessarily a tragedy if you're built like this but then it is a form of abuse that she went through so yeah. I suppose that's again that's where the film fails they didn't really go into the abuses and the tragedy of what these super soldiers have endured yes I guess then it would have gone a bit Handmaid's Tale though maybe it might yeah I get which is not really the Marvel vibe <laughs> we don't want to go too far the other way <laughs> You're like, oh god it's awful I can't look at the screen <laughs> <laughs> things happening on there 
Yeah, I don't know. What would you give it out of five? You don't like it. Mm, so I don't. I one point five two. I was yeah. Well, I was pretty bored by it really. Um, and the thing is, you are a very open-minded guy who likes women having. Thank you. I like to be. I like to think that. Yeah. Whereas you know, a lot of people just were actively not going to like it because it was a woman anyway. It's always so mm. annoying when something that men already don't want to like is then rubbish because you're like oh because now I can't say it's rubbish because I look like I'm on your team but um yeah I agree you have to kind of put it with a caveat that like the the problem is not having a female lead the problem is the writing of it Um, yeah and uh and I don't yeah I don't think they really did Black Widow justice considering that she's such a cool character in the other films that she's in but then is it again a case of like would we give it a sort of easier time if it was another male superhero I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I'd say oh, no, similar no. things um, because I put it with like the Hulk film and the first Captain America film in that it's all just so yeah. basic and so insipid. Um, and yeah, that's that's the reasons why I don't like it. But yeah, I guess there are there are going to be those incels out there who are like, oh, the woman in the lead and it's not good. Therefore, women can't be in lead. Yeah, having this problem at the moment. So I haven't seen it yet. But um, the new Rings of Power, the new Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's quite fun. A lot of people are like, it's ruined, it's bastardised Tolkien's work. A black dwarf, you can't have black dwarves. It doesn't exist. And I'm like, neither do dwarves in this context. Um, but, you know, I'm like, please be good because I don't want to be bad. Always people be proven mm. wrong. So annoying. I want it to be good just so but that they're shouldn't, right. People shouldn't, if you're writing something that just has a female lead or a non-white lead or something like that, you shouldn't have that added pressure that added responsibility because yeah. no one else does but you do unfortunately you have to kind of if you're doing like the first film of a female lead or whatever you have to make sure that it's absolutely outstanding otherwise yeah. it just sets back human rights or representation um or stalls it because then people are like well that is not good therefore we just might as well have white men at the forefront all the time you know exactly that yeah i think that was the problem like captain my wife it was good wasn't like brilliant but i would say it was it was fine yeah or movies you know and lots of people were like i didn't do this yeah i was like did everything that we wanted it to like it was good so don't mm-hmm. be mean about it but they just want it to be bad don't they so that's the problem yeah it's true doomed from the start ay, ay, ay. okay well do you want me to quiz you let's quiz it quiz it quiz it quiz it quiz it let me go get my quiz hang on one second i've got about 25 baby photos to scroll through here we go um <laughs> What do you believe it grossed in box office? Ooh, um, 750 million. No, oh no, it was much lower than that. It's 379.8. Ooh, million. that's very low compared to others. Million, not billion as well. <laughs> well, yeah, I assume. <laughs> that would be madness. Um, yeah, but there is, apparently it had the most ticket pre-sales in 2021, but I feel like, that not many tickets were sold in 2021 because we talked about this it was covid times it was covid times and then i remember someone saying you know the film onward um by disney oh, yeah. it has an openly lesbian character in it the police officer um oh, and a yeah. lot of like anti-gay people were like oh onward is um the you know the least profitable disney film ever made and it's because of this it's like no it's because it's covid no one went yeah. to see it <laughs> jesus people are just ridiculous well no one's going to the cinema no 
Well, I have a second question for you linked to this. So mm. with Disney Plus Premier Access, Black Widow actually earned more money on top. Can you guess how much it earned? What, more than 300 million? Yeah, this is Ooh. on top. Okay, like 500 million. No, oh no, 67 million. Oh. oh, I see what you mean. Extra. I thought you meant it earned another load that's more than 300 million. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, yeah. No, I think, yeah. Yes. So apparently that was mostly based in the US, like almost entirely, mm. like 80% of that was US people. Okay. Um, and 1.1 million households watched a film in its opening weekend at home. So that's quite nice, isn't it? Nice. Yeah. Um, still. Not exactly great because can you guess what dubious title it earned the following weekend? Oh, like um, Marvel's biggest fail or something. No, it became the most pirated film. <laughs> oh, the most pirated film. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Which I yeah. Help with its uh, box office, rev- but you know. Um, can you guess what it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, uh, 75%. Oh, so close, 79%. And you okay. will like. Their critical consensus, actually. So they say Black Widow's deeper themes are drowned out in all the action, but it remains a solidly entertaining standalone adventure that's rounded out by a stellar supporting cast. Oh, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. I think that's what we said, that it was too much, like not enough sitting in in feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but the cast is very good. In prison, Red Guardian shows a tattoo on his right shoulder of two roses with two Russian names underneath them. Can you guess what they translate to? Uh, ooh. The, the, uh, don't know. Uh, Lancaster and Yorks, it's two roses. <laughs> no, it's, it's Lexington. That's a history joke, everyone. I'm so intellectual. <laughs> it, well, it was, but I was like, no, come on. It's Natasha and Yelena, his kids. Oh, right. Yeah, I should have thought of that. <laughs> yeah. um, at one point, Yelena calls him Crimson Dynamo rather than Red Guardian. And do you know why this is significant? No. Why is like that? Crimson. Is that because his ne- that's his name in the comic books? I said it is a comic book character called Crimson Dynamo. He's a Russian supervillain who fights Iron Man usually, and he's a teammate of Red Guardian. Oh, okay. So she's like, "Oh, who are you? This other guy." Yeah, yeah. So, do you know how many times Scarlett Johansson has played Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, if you include this film? So, how many films then? So we've got Iron Man. She first appeared in Iron Man two. I think she was in Iron Man 3, 4 Avengers, 1, 2, 3, 4. She had a cameo in Thor Ragnarok and Black Widow. There might be one I've missed. I'm going to go with eight. There was one you missed. It's nine because she's also briefly, very briefly in Captain Marvel. Ah, okay. Mm. Yeah. Oh, in the post-credits scene. Yes. Yeah. So this contract... Um, she is an extension of her original contract that's independent from her original and it was like her salary for this was supposed to be 25 million with a 6 million bonus if the film's worldwide growth was above 900 million and this is where it all kind of fell apart because obviously Mm. they they breached their contract. So she's saying that it would have grossed that much if they had given it the cinematic release they were supposed to give it. Yes. Essentially. Mm. Yes. it's a hard one, isn't it? I guess because we know, like, however many households watched it, maybe it would have done, but I don't know because of COVID. It's true. It's it's a tricky one. But then, you know, if they just haven't fulfilled their contractual obligations, then 
you know, you can only work in hypotheticals about what would have happened. So if essentially they haven't done what they were supposed to do, then she's going to be pretty pissed off about it. Yes, yes. so true. And it's hard to, I know, obviously, a lot of people weren't sympathizing because they're like, oh, no, you didn't get your extra millions. But, you know, I guess if we try and break it down into like what we would be paid, like say we were going to be paid 20 grand plus an additional 10 grand if like, you know, we did this business, you could sort of see it as being normal, right? Yeah. It's just hard to make those numbers make sense. Um, okay, Colonel Drakov, his last name translates to something in Russian slang. Oh, Colonel Evil. I don't know. That's, it's actually quite harsh. It's off crap. <laughs> it's what? Off crap. Off crack. Crap. Crap. Oh, of crap. Yeah. Colonel crap. of crap. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like the king of crap <laughs> so that's that's not very nice poor guy um we've talked about this how many oscar winners and how many oscar nominees are in the film oh okay um so um scarlett hansen is oscar nominee rachel vice mm-hmm. oscar winner florence Pugh oscar nominee yes um oh now ray winston i don't mm, david harbour no i'm gonna go with no with him uh, You'll kick yourself. Oh god, <laughs> four. <laughs> yeah, it's four. It's so. I, Scott, I added one because I'm, I'm not sure who I've missed. I know I've missed someone. Scarlett Hansen, Florence Pugh was obviously Jojo Rabbit and Little Women. Yep. We've got Rachel Vice for Constant Gardener, as you mentioned, and William Hurt. Oh, William Hurt, yes. <laughs> With, <laughs> this happened last time. <laughs> Ray Winston. <laughs> William Hurt. I love it. Um, uh, Yelena talks to Natasha about her fictional life story about Natasha, like her sister, moving out west and her husband renovating houses. Um, do you know which character in the MCU does renovate houses? Oh, no, I don't. Who is that? Well, it's actually actor Jeremy Renner. <laughs> oh. Who renovates houses in LA on top of all his other... Career. what is this what is jeremy renner like what is it <laughs> exactly like he, he i thought he was an actor but he's a he's a franchise he's a he, I, i'm yeah <laughs> i don't understand him <laughs> it. <laughs> it it's interesting because um in the films obviously they're just friends but in the books the comic was they're like lovers who are on off on off on off right i see yeah which i feel like you kind of you kind of get that idea in the films because they're so close. But it doesn't really explain why they're so close. They just mm. always have to be that close. But I'm glad they didn't venture into that territory because she does have, like, you know, she kisses Captain America. She has her, like, thing with the Hulk. We don't need another one that she's in love with. Like, do you know which, how many times they've mentioned Budapest in the MCU so far? Oh, uh, 17. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got in, in the Avengers, she's like, it's just like Budapest all over again. Um, oh really does Natasha say that yeah and he then, goes oh. Clint Barton goes we clearly remember Budapest very differently um, oh I totally don't remember that, any of that at all and in Captain America Winter Soldier um, someone tells her if you do this none of your past will remain hidden not Budapest Osaka the children's ward are you sure you want the yeah, the children's ward <laughs> yeah it's very dark <laughs> what happened in Osaka 
we need to know what is this <laughs> this past that black widow has is getting more and more ridiculous they're, they're actually going to be like and remember uranus <laughs> i feel like there's so much more they should have put in this film yeah. um okay do you know where it's set in the mcu when it's set or where it's set when like which order like where when. it is it's between civil war and infinity war somewhere yes you're correct yeah. it's exactly that and at the time of the film's release what is significant about scarlett johansson's you know as a as a character in the mcu at the time it's released yeah she is what? the only person in the mcu to do something oh to have a film after the characters died no although probably true no she is the only mcu character to have a film in each phase oh ooh, that's cool yeah. mm. pretty good for pretty good for natasha um surely thor has now equalized that i would have thought so it was at the time of its release yeah so at I the think. time of release yeah yeah um now there's a car chase sequence in budapest <laughs> yes do you know how many BMW X3s we used to create this? Ooh, six. It's 13. 13, wow. Yeah. That's pretty... a lot of there's a lot of cars. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's all of my questions, which is a really late. I'm gonna have to find one more because otherwise it ends just like very <laughs> BMWs. Yeah, BMWs. That's the kind of way <laughs> I want to be. Um, 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 okay. <sighs> What songs are in the film? Can you remember? I don't know. No, of course I can't remember. We've got the irony. They're all quite Americans. We've got Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Don't know what that is. Yes, you do know Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. I know Nirvana, but I don't know Nirvana songs. That's the iconic one. I can't oh, sing it because uh... of the legal reasons, but I'll sing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we've got American Pie. Okay, yeah, I know American Pie, yeah. And Cheap Girls by Sia. It's very American, yeah. Yeah, which is weird because they're Russian Swarovskis. Mm. I love that everyone's like fine with Russia being the villain in films now. I think we've always have been. Like, no one's ever been like, oh, those poor Russians. Like, you're being really mean to the Russians. <laughs> well, they do bring it on themselves, don't they? Bless them. Okay, well, there we go. That's your mm. quiz done. That was a brilliant quiz. You are the greatest of all quiz mistresses. Thank you. Quistresses. 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 Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, our next uh, episode is going to be about something I'm quite interested and excited to watch. What if? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, I forgot we were going to be doing this. This is fun. Yeah. What if? It. Dot, dot, dot. And it's all like alternative ideas that could have happened because now we've got this whole multiverse thing thank you loki um, <laughs> to make everything very very complicated and then what? after that we've got two films in a row this never happens anymore we've got two films oh, in a row what films have we got it's gonna be spider-man doctor no no it's um shang chi and then oh. eternals oh i was wrong completely it's because i forgot about the eternals i like yeah okay yeah <laughs> you were about to give your judgment. You're like, no, 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 no. No, I won't say anything. Goodbye. <laughs> Tune in next time. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Version. 
We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact-filled episode.